0: There you go.
1: Yeah.
0: I got, I got mentally just like, I, I felt like a little kid with my tongue hanging out. She said, burlesque. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> She's right there. I'm talking to her. And she does
2: burlesque.
0: <laughs> like I'm 57 years old. I can walk into the show now. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> You're allowed to drink. It's okay. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. yeah that's right. Well, that's right.
0: No, yeah. No, no, they still don't let me drink.
3: <laughs>
0: Welcome to the Two Authors Chat Show. An entertaining podcast with two best-selling authors connecting readers with an eclectic array of distinguished guests through lively conversation and interviews. Hosted by mystery, suspense, and thriller writers, Douglas Pratt and Nicholas Harvey.
3: Welcome to the show, everyone. Hope everyone's having a great week. How are you doing today, Mr. Nick? I, I'm Good. I'm
0: sweating. It must be nice down there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's warm, in it's toasty in Bonaire, which is uh, which is nice, yeah. But so uh, I'm, and I ran. Over is there not there.
3: a nice breeze? There is.
0: Uh, there's not just a nice breeze. There's a trade wind that blows across here, and it's a it's a dusty island. So uh, one thing about this place is any window that's left open just all the dust comes in and covers everything like we uh when we first got here we didn't have the uh air conditioning on we just had the windows open and uh, let the breeze blow through and it's it's tolerable it's nice except there's a coating of dust on everything after the first week i'm like we're gonna like ruin every electronic device we have every computer <laughs> ship. we're like cleaning when i say we i mean cheryl is like uh that sounds terribly sexist but <laughs> i was working still and then she would like clean down the place because it was driving her bananas so we quickly closed the windows and turned the airco on
3: well while you're down there what you've been up to
0: yeah so i'm working on the oriverdi which is the next in the adia bailey series for me and i'm closing in on the end uh, i've got uh, probably another 10 days of writing i'm a couple of days behind but i'll go mad at the end of uh, this weekend and next week and get extra word counting per day. So, um, I'll get there and it's, it's pretty fun. I can't wait to see how it ends because I've got no idea how it's going to end. Been there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I haven't figured that bit out yet. <laughs> yeah. I've got a couple of parts that I know is going to happen, but, um, definitely the jelly in the middle. I'm, I'm unclear on at this point in the next, uh, 12,000 or 15,000 words that need to come. So yeah, so I'm working that and faceless, the, um, a collab for tropical authors. All our buds at tropicalauthors.com. Um, go over there if you like our books. You'll like uh, loads more authors on that uh, website. So in a collab, and it's with uh, AJ Stewart, and I love AJ Stewart
3: stuff. And he has oh, a, he was, yes, he was a guest with us. So
0: yeah, yeah, of course, and uh, yeah, his Sam character that he started a spinoff series with is fantastic. So he uses uh, his female diver I- I- in it, and Chris Niles, whose uh, main protagonist Kate is a diver. So she's in there. and, and then, she was of
3: course, in a, she was in Shameless with me. So,
0: yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. So she's, she makes a reappearance, and then um, AJ and Nora, and actually the part I it's pretty funny. So the part I write is mainly Nora Summer with AJ in there as well. Some, and then Eric, Nick Sullivan wrote the last section, and he gets everybody. <laughs> They all come together in one location because it, it kind of travels around locations, then it ends up with Nick. And so he wrote everyone, but he's written A.J. Bailey um, uh, quite a lot. And I've written his Emily character quite a lot as we've done collabs on different things and co-written together. And so it's really fun. Yeah. So he, he wrote a lot more A.J. than I wrote, actually, but he did a brilliant <laughs> ending to it. I'm super excited for Faceless. It's a really cool story. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. So I'm, exc-
3: I'm excited to get a chance to read it, so...
0: So it'll be out next uh, month. So we're in the editing stage now of that. And it comes out. Uh, I don't remember when it comes out early July, I believe. So, and you, what are you doing? You're, you're golf dreams, right? You're almost finished.
3: Ah, uh, yes. I, I think today actually will be my last day. I, I'm, when we get through this, it's going to be sit down and finish the last chapter in golf dreams, which is uh, going to be awesome. Cause I'm definitely behind on it. Um, I started it with, you know, sometimes we start books and we're like, you know, Hey, you know, I, I plan them out and I, mean, I Playing out books for a year out, so I know titles. I don't necessarily know stories. So when I started this one, I was kind of like, "Oh yeah, I got a title. I, I got a story idea," and it did not stay with it at all. So <laughs> the, uh, the whole story veered off. I mean, I, I think it's great. Uh, once I kind of got back into it and and restructured it to, and realized where where the characters are going, it's been a lot of fun because it's just been like nonstop action, which is it's always. Fun to write, so yeah. Today will be the last day on it, so I'm excited to kind of get it kind of out of the way. I got to do a little bit of rewriting on it before it goes off to the editor, and then I can sit down and work on uh, missing in the keys because that's going to pretty much be the next one we have coming out. Yeah, and you are delinquent on that. You're delinquent, I am delinquent. Yes, me? I am. I know, and I will make it up to you. I'll have it out to you. Very quick, so. Um.
0: Well, you're you're going to give it to me when I'm at the stage you were at when you got it back <laughs> exactly. from me. So it's,
3: it's like I've got
0: no time to even think about this right now.
3: Just want this done. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I guess people don't realize. Like when you're when you're in that storyline, like I got, early on, I can write three different books at the same time. But when you get past the middle and you're you're into that, it's, it is like a downhill run where you just. You know, I could sit there and write all night if I didn't just get exhausted or my wife didn't come along and say, hey, it's time to go do something else. Because you're, you know, you're at that point, you're like, I just want to go. I, I, know, where gonna, yeah, I know where the Indians is coming. I know it's about there. So it's a lot of fun to, to write it. So. so now, I mean, I actually kind of got past all the action. It's really just kind of the wrap-up chapter that I've got left. Well, I guess we have a couple of questions now.
0: Yeah, so this is from uh, Chris in Key Largo. And he asked, what kind of animal that is not a pet would you
3: want as a pet? Okay. What kind of animal that's not a pet would you want as a pet? Well, I mean, I think a dolphin would be cool. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you trump mine. That's, I was going to say a sea otter, but a dolphin, see, like, what the hell? you got flipper. I mean, sea otters are pretty cool. That, that would be.
3: Sea otters is yeah, pretty I mean, cool, s- yeah. Yeah. You've sort of got to have an ocean. You've got to be next to an ocean. I was say you could take a sea otter pretty much anywhere. It'll fit into a bag like a dog, I guess, right? Wouldn't that
0: be amazing? Go on a plane with your uh, what is it? Your is it sea um, otter? Yeah, yeah, with your sea otter in a but in a case, and it's my uh, um, what do they call the dogs that uh, your emotional support
3: otter? Right. Yeah. <laughs> see see, I hadn't thought about like that. I'd have to get like a special tank made for my dolphin so he could come along with me. You know, like a little tank, he could swim along. You know. Oh, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> you imagine getting on the play with that.
0: Excuse me. Do you mind if I move your bag in the overhead? I need to fit this aquarium up there. That's
3: right. Hold <laughs> on, Now, see, and this is so this is how writers think. Like, all of a sudden, I've got this brilliant idea. Like, what if the dolphin, you know, dolphins are smart, sometimes it's debatably smarter than humans. Um, so, you know, you could have a dolphin who, you know, like, rides around in his own little aquarium you know that'd be kind of interesting oh you know did you see
0: that uh, those guys that converted it uh, it was a vw beetle and they made it into an aquarium and it still drove like they could drive it along so they sat in there in scuba gear with it full of water and they drove it down the road it was on deeperblue.com which is a really cool diving, oh. free diving uh, site i saw a link to it yeah all right we had another question but i tell you what let's let's move on because this is uh this is going to be a cool interview with these guys and um The title of the show, do you you remember Christopher Walken on SNL? I mean, he was on a bunch of times, but he did this skit called The Continental. Do you remember that character?
3: Yes, I do, actually, yeah. Uh,
0: And he he would always talk about champagne, but he would call it champagne. So this show is called Champagne, simply because I wanted to say champagne. And watch that clip again by Christopher Walken because he's freaking funny. And it ties in because our guest is...
3: Oh, our guest this week is the musical group Glam Folk, musical group Champagne Sunday. And uh, here's a little clip of some of their music.
1: When it's just us, when it's us, we've
2: everything and nothing to discuss. Talk for miles or sit silent on a bus. But it's okay. It's okay. the end of
3: the end of day. Day. Paper way, So let's get dressed up. Ooh. Ooh. All right, and today we're welcoming Champagne Sunday, which is uh, made up of a married couple here, Jess and Jared I Get that right again. All right, you cool. did yeah. two for and two. you're still married, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay.
0: Just just checking in the last I couple of weeks. I can't
2: make any guarantees by the end of this interview, though.
3: Right. <laughs> well, you, just came, you just came off tour, so you know telling what happened on tour, right? Right. Yeah. That's true. I, I can't imagine my wife writing a book with me. She would divorce me by chapter three. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do.
2: I People ask us all the time, like, well, what's it like, you know, being married and creating art together? And I said, well, imagine this. You take your partner and you put a piece of paper in front of the two of you. And you have to draw one face together between the two of you. Just the idea of creating two eyes that looks even somewhat the same or symmetrical or anything. You know, by the end of that drawing, you're looking at it and you're just like, oh, this doesn't look human at all. Picasso. Absolutely. And so then trying to find some sort of beauty in like the weird anomalies and the strangeness of, like everybody knows, okay, clearly this is trying to be a face. But, um, yeah. okay, how do, and then how do you like kind of communicate that to other people? So it's pretty fun.
0: It's a challenge always. That must be crazy. So do you ever sit down, which immediately we're off our script of questions because this uh, opens up some great stuff. And um, this is generally how it goes. So, so I'm fascinated. So the two of you, do you always write everything together or do you sometimes write uh, songs alone? A lot of times,
1: Jesse will write, the skeleton of the song. And then she'll show me the song and I'll be like, Oh, I like the message. Let's lose this first. I'm I'm the, the editor of the thing. It's like, I'm not feeling a a hook and then I'll come in second and do the polish and whatever else to it and tear it apart. Say, this isn't making sense. Let's try and rewrite this or that.
2: Well, and and, uh, the two of us, I'm a better writer as far as like words go. Yeah. A communicator in that way. Jared is uh, the musical capability right. in all way. he plays a lot of instruments mm-hmm. he he comes at it musically much different and he has many more skills when it comes to like so
0: you're kind of like elton john and bernie Topin, but you do it in the same room as a matter right.
2: of fact we're compared to them all the time no just yeah. kidding <laughs> No, yeah. Oh God, no! I can't. Lightning's going to strike down through our roof here. No, No, I don't. You've got some
0: outfits that Elton would wear. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh
2: my. That's why we. That's why we call ourselves glam folk, especially because of that. Like you put the folk aspect in with the, with the actual, the, the stories and the writing and the real kind of grassroots movement of what we do. We don't have a manager, we don't have a producer, anything like that. We,
1: you cover the whole thing and then in you glitter. put it
2: all in glitter and sequence <laughs> and you just say, fuck it, what's, what's going to happen now. Right. It's uh, it's pretty fun. We also did burlesque for eight years. And so when you combine like all these things that we love to do together, kind of our creative monsters and you just put them all on stage. It's really, oh,
0: oh, 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 hang on. You did burlesque as well. So yes. now, now wait a second, you were the band in a burlesque show. You were, no, the, we were, you were on the stage. Ho-
1: I was the host. She was. So you're looking at Adora and Fedora Borealis. <laughs> oh my nice. God. That is oh, wow. brilliant. Yeah. yeah. It was weird because, you know, our, our full-time job as the musicians, but then our side job was being the burlesque performers. I was like, it's like if Superman's alter ego was Spider-Man. Yeah. You know?
2: <laughs> There's no downtime. There's no right. downtime crea- awesome. creativ- creatively, and so you're you're just you're at some point something has to give, and unfortunately, we had to kind of walk away from the burlesque as a like a full-time endeavor a couple months ago. That was tough because, like, you build a family. I mean, there were thirteen girls that were coming in and out of the troop, and they all just adored my husband, and and we were all great friends. And so, it's just still like, are. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But kind of like when it was all crazy
1: our, because all of our creative energy during the show times was just going right towards them.
2: Cause we're building costumes and Jared's writing scripts and we're, I mean, it's just crazy. And then he's having to host the whole thing, introduce all the girls and the way, he, the way we did it was much more like a theatrical production. Right. So we brought that to the true, I do a lot of
1: their music editing too like smashing together songs and things.
2: Yeah. Like. And, and then, and, and so that, it's not like traditional just kind of cabaret burlesque where it's just like kind of one-offs. It's like Jared wanted to create a theme to run through every show. And and so we kind of did it a little different, but then we had to release that. And as soon as we did, I mean, it's like we wrote like four new songs immediately because we had the bandwidth again to be able to really push towards what Champagne Sunday needs to be doing. I mean, and we've had Champagne Sunday as our, our project, our life, our goal, our everything for 18 years. It went from being... Here we are, two young adults creating a band to like.
1: There's people that are actually listening. Like, yeah, about
2: what we're doing. So, like, then we're married, and it's like somewhere the shift went from like band relationship, whatever, to like relationship and band together. And then we had our son, and it's just all this kind of conglomeration like goulash of all of the things, there isn't a separation anymore. It, it really is all part of what we do and who we are. So we had to pull ourselves away from the other creative endeavors so that we could focus 100% on the Champagne Sunday.
0: Yeah, right. That makes sense. Yeah. It's, um, you know, in what we do, uh, Doug and I are both, um, we're writing a, a series together and we've done collaborations with other people. And there's times we've been talking about this a lot lately because especially earlier this year, we've got multiple Novels in play, and so you're writing one character in your own novel, and then you're writing one of your other characters in another that's a completely different plot line, and then there's these new characters that uh, Doug and I have uh, brought up and wanted to go together, and you're trying to mentally switch gears and put yourself in these uh, protagonists' heads and these storylines, and I can imagine uh, it's—I mean, we're we're kind of writing in the same genre, but it's like you're doing that, but like you're writing in three different genres. Um, So you've got to go from like thriller to sci-fi to romance, you know, that's crazy.
3: And now Nick is like, we could do burlesque too. There you go. Yeah. I got, (laughs) I got
0: mentally just like, I felt like a little kid with my tongue hanging out. She said burlesque. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She's right there. I'm talking to her and she does burlesque. (laughs) Like I'm 57 years old. I can walk into the show now. (laughs) Yeah. yeah,
2: you're allowed to drink. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: yeah, that's right. Well, that's right. No, yeah. no, they still didn't let me drink. <laughs> no,
2: no. <laughs> well, you know.
3: That's probably for the best. <laughs> where are you guys, anyway? Yeah,
2: where are you guys located? I mean, you're probably different.
3: Well, I'm in Memphis, so you were just, uh, and you were just in Nashville, so. We were we, just right there. Know. Yeah.
0: My, uh, my narrator is in, uh, Nashville, actually. We dropped by there last year and visited with her as so, a, and got to go downtown. I've been to Nashville before for a few things, but, uh, and you've got a, uh, IndyCar race, uh, coming up there in downtown Nashville. Well, you're not in there, Nashville, but where you were in Nashville, they've got an IndyCar race going there. And the only reason I know that is, well, basically I used to be in racing, but B, my brother is helping. He's with the crew that are building the track in downtown, like doing the layout. And, um, he's kind of one of the guys that's managing all that process. So, uh, it's kind of, kind of crazy. And to answer your question, I'm in Bonaire in, um, uh, the South of the Cari- uh, Caribbean, Okay.
2: That must be tough for you.
0: So no. I'm sorry. It's, you know, somebody has to, <laughs> it's, it's, somebody has to, yeah. My, my wife and I are both remote workers. So I'm a full-time writer. She uh, works for a medical university and is able to do it remotely. So we, we move around. Yeah. It's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. So how do you guys uh, feel about writing together? Is it like, uh, do you guys get at each
3: other's throats a lot, or is
0: yeah, it,
1: a lot?
3: It's
0: a does,
1: sure. does, it, does the yeah. conflict? It's a <laughs> yeah. Well, does, I mean, I was going to
3: say it's a delight to work with him, but you know, Nick, <laughs> I do the best I can a with him. Asshole. So <laughs> <laughs> that's a compliment <laughs> right there. He
0: said, "Little bit." That's that's the yeah. biggest okay. compliment he's you ever made. You guys are making.
2: Me. Yeah, you're progress. working. Yeah, you're making now, progress.
1: Do you find that the conflict sometimes makes things more interesting?
0: Honestly, we haven't had a conflict yet, so I'll let you know oh, when it happens. But, oh, oh, uh, well,
1: that's cool, too.
0: Yeah, what it does do, actually, is it um, we're, <laughs> we're both a bit competitive. So it raises our game. So he writes a chatter, and it, the, the way we're doing it is we've got two main protagonists. One of them's English, one of them's American. So, obviously, I'm writing the English one. Come on, <laughs> give
2: us your best <laughs> American accent.
0: Can
3: he come up with, he's like, I don't even know what Americans do. I
1: was like, uh, <laughs> Hamburgers in Texas. Right? God, God, damn I it. I, I don't
0: know. <laughs>
3: Chewing on a burger.
0: Get out of my state or I'll nuke your ass. Yeah, that kind of, that's <laughs> yeah. pretty good. <laughs> Dad? Is that you? No. <laughs> uh,
3: but, yeah, he's, he's still, he still eats baked beans for breakfast, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what I was going to say before we went silly, it,
0: it, he ups my game, and I hopefully I do the same to him. So uh, we alternate the chapters. So when he sends me one, I'm like, oh, damn it. This was really good. And so now you've got to take it from there. And actually it's, um, it's tricky sometimes because he'll do, uh, Doug writes fantastic action and his books, uh, especially his recent ones are just like, they, they turn on at the beginning and it's just like, go, go, go all the way through. So you get this action scene from him and it's, And then I'm like, well, I need an action scene. And it's like, no, this is supposed to be the bit where they (laughs) sit in a coffee shop and figure out what the heck's going on with the plot. Did you ever
2: see the uh, Eddie Izzard special where um, he's talking about like American film versus British film? And he's like, British film, they're just like one piece of popcorn at a time. And it's like, then they walked down to the stairs (laughs) at the bottom of the stairs and they looked at each other. And they walked up the stairs. And then American film is like, and then they got to the bottom of the stairs and they, and they shot each other in monkeys, the face. And then yeah. the monkeys came in and they slid down the stair banister. And, ah, you know, the people just eating the popcorn, eating the popcorn. <laughs> That's funny. It's like, it's exactly what you guys are yeah. describing. I'm right a big now. Eddie Izzard yeah. fan.
0: He's uh, he's brilliant. Yeah. But
3: Sebastian. Yeah,
2: right. that exactly dialogue like
3: Sebastian. three words in the whole thing. I, I'm going to pull us back on track real quick. Sorry. <laughs> okay.
0: That doesn't sound fun. <laughs> that what is, is And that's
3: not even not like me normally, but I like to, like to keep it. But uh, I, I kind of followed a little bit of your video blogs uh, as you were kind of on your tour, which were great. I got to say, my favorite, I think, was uh, you had one with your son who popped in with a uh, hilarious kid, too. That was what he does to say. He did great. Yeah. He <laughs>
2: plays the manager. He we've been doing those videos. He just came up with this character and he came up with this catchphrase, my Babies. And like he he like makes us literally pee. But what's funny is that we have to kind of remove ourselves from the comedy of it because we have to get messages across. Right. We're trying to get him to like promote shows that we're doing or we have to have content, right?
1: There's got to be some kind of and, point to
2: it. But basically. God, he's just so funny. And so like we just have like these countless videos, outtakes and him just being total and he's we really try to not force him to do all the stuff we want him to. it's not like you have a kid so they can entertain you
3: i got three of them for that so. i was right? gonna say right. there's <laughs> other reasons there's other yeah. reasons to have them
2: yeah, yes uh, well, uh hauling <laughs> the gear thank you very much Oh
0: yes, yeah, no. that's good. yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> but um he he'll say dad mom we got to make another manager video like i have stuff i need to
0: like, I have like, content.
2: Yeah. yeah. And he's schooling. I mean, he's nine years old. He's like schooling Jared, dad, dad, just put it up. Don't worry about yeah, it. Don't, don't worry about the quality. Just don't get worry about quality. Get it out, just get it out right there. there. Just people need to see it. Get it out now, dad. That,
0: that That's very uh, kind of typical of the uh, age difference right now. It is absolutely that. Doesn't matter. Just put it out there. And we're all like, no, we've got to tinker with it. It's got to be yeah. perfect. Uh-huh. So
2: yeah, yeah, our kid is a huge part of what we do And he sings with us on stage. He, again, like we stopped asking him and one time didn't, we did a show where he didn't, he was like in the, he playing a video playing game playing a video or, something. or something. So I, we just yeah. did a song that he usually sings with us and he heard it like halfway through and comes out. He's just like sobbing. We're like, what is going on? he goes, well, I'm part of the band and that's the song I sing on. And you didn't <laughs> call me uh, up or anything. And I was like, well, if you're part of the attention. band, then you need to pay attention. <laughs> if you want to be doing that, I said, I will never, your dad and I will never force you to be up here with us.
1: It's got to like, be your choice.
2: Yeah. And so ever since then, we go to do a show and if he's coming with us, he's not like at a friend's house or doing something else. He like dresses up, wears this three quarter coat and a hat. And just like, okay, I got my game suit on. Let's do it like <laughs> oh my God. in it.
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kids <laughs> gonna you, be pulling I, groupies. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Oh, he does. Oh, he already does. He'll say, uh, he if "You autographs. need
2: autographs signed, or you need anything? You just come to me. I'm gonna be sitting over here at this table." Like, oh my okay. god, That's we did a awesome. show.
1: We did a show down in Durango. Afterwards, you know, we look over at Rudy and he's signing girls' arms,
0: and <laughs>
1: they're just saying, "Here, can you sign this for me? Can you sign this for me?" And he's like, "Okay," and he's just
0: handling it. <laughs> Wait till he's sixteen and wow. be signing other things. I
1: know. Oh, I
2: know. <laughs> oh, I yeah. know. We recently asked him if he could sell our merchandise for us, and I swear to God, this is his response. Oh. And then we can move on. But he looked at us dead on in the face, and he says, "This I can do. That um, I'm going to need a striped hat and a cane." And I was, I was like to sell our merchandise? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, you know, like, step right up, step right up. Here's the uh, merchandise. Come
1: and get your merchandise. Awesome. I'm just like, who is this child? He's a very subtle and shy child. As yeah, it sounds way. That. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That'd be hilarious. You're on stage trying to play and like you're being out yelled by the kid selling merch right. in the back.
2: Yeah, not uncommon. He's been that that way since he was like two years old.
0: Yeah. I wonder what would have happened. I mean, obviously, he's musically talented. He's singing. I presume he's playing instruments with you. Piano. He's learning piano right now. Mm -hmm. You always wonder if you have the kid and he's like, nah, can't play a lick, can't play a note, can't sing, can't, you know. (laughs) For a while, that was the case. Well, he he just
2: didn't want to. It's not that he couldn't. It's that he was like, I don't think I want to do music. And we asked him, why not? And he goes, because it's too hard look at your job. I don't want to do what you guys do. <laughs> that looks yeah. exhausting. It wasn't for lack of wanting to sing. He loves but, doing that. He just he it started, too hard. We
1: put him in piano lessons and he started, uh, his instructor would say, Hey, let's, uh, what do you, what do you like to do? He's like video games. He's like, Oh, do you know this one? Da, 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 da. Oh. And so he starts learning the Mario theme <laughs> yeah. and then he starts learning all these other video game themes. And now he's actually becoming a pretty decent piano player just, just from playing video game, video game stuff. It.
0: Oh, That's a brilliant association. That's, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's
1: great. That's awesome. Yeah, video just, game
2: music is complicated and beautiful, and I know that people are just like whatever, but it's yeah. hard. People spend a lot of time writing that stuff. Yeah,
0: yeah. it's tricky, right? Because parents always want their kids to kind of uh, be into things that they're into, and uh, you know, if you've got a passion or something, you you, you kind of you don't want to uh, don't want to pressure them, but it's great if the kids involved in the same thing. My mum's uh, had a passion for horses her whole life. When I say a passion for horses, don't get me wrong, she rides the horses, she doesn't have a passion
2: for horses just, not just, like in a Catherine the Great kind of way just,
0: no. I, I have bro. to say I have to say that kind of thing because Doug's brain would go there and he'd make a comment
3: about sure. my- wait till he gets
2: the next chapter you know then yeah, he sends exactly. it to you like I can't yeah. I, I,
3: I, it's in the yeah. book But <laughs> now I can think of horse burlesque horse burlesque is a brilliant idea right there
0: see see where he went with it that's where so he went right, with yeah. it. how anyway. far off the rails has the show gone now
3: <laughs> <laughs> sadly yeah. not as far as you think so oh good uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> but uh, my point being that I, uh, when I was about ten or eleven, I got thrown off a horse. It was traumatic. The horse was standing still at the time, and <laughs> um,
3: <laughs> it was a miracle. So something
1: about your riding skills there.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm laying on the floor, going, "You know what? Screw you, horse. I'm not riding. If it doesn't have a steering wheel and pedals, I am not interested." So it kills my mum that I've never had an interest in horses whatsoever.
1: I was gonna say, if the horse was standing still and you got thrown off, I'm not sure how much of it was the horse.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so mean. It's so mean. He's Be just, high just, high
3: a, just a little detail. Eh? There's not a <laughs> yeah, lot of British it's... cowboys out west, you know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. British cowboy! That's your
3: next book. There you go. <laughs> oh,
0: that's... John a Cleese. Great
3: hand name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. John,
0: yeah, remember John Cleese did a cat. He was played a western. He he and he was an English guy in a western. What was it? He was brilliant. wasn't very successful. That's what it was.
1: <laughs> no, yeah,
2: was,
3: nobody was remembers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know a lot of John Cleese. I don't remember that one. So no. yeah, we just said,
2: we just showed Rudy uh, Holy Grail, and he's like obsessed already. Oh, he's just very obsessed. Cool. Yes,
3: yeah. Oh, yes. so good. That's just just good rabbit. parenting on your part, right there. So. Thank you. <laughs> Excellent Thank you.
0: parenting. Yes. What else we got to ask, Doug? Come on, get it back on track. All right,
3: let's pull it. I'll pull it back on track again. So why am I the one? I'm never the one pulling it back on track, but let's go. That's true. (laughs) So, All right, glam folk. I think that I like the uh, genre there, but uh, can you tell me what a little bit of your influence are kind of got you to that particular genre? Well, when we started out, I grew up in Pennsylvania just loving the
1: Seattle grunge stuff. So I was like Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, Nirvana, Alice in Chains kind of stuff. Jessie was raised by, she grew up on Raised like, by wolves. Raised by Please wolves. Please say that. Yeah. Perfect. Family of wolves, just a dot, no. <laughs> she was more like Broadway and funk. I, I, all stuff. my music
2: stuff was, because my both my parents were musicians um, in the 70s. So, and I was like raised literally on a stage next to my dad's drum kit, like just listening to disco and funk and pop. And then my passion went From that to like musical theater, and I wanted to go do that kind of. So, our music interests could have not been more different, truthfully. And so, when we first started combining our music together, people were like, it's like Pearl Jam meets Bette Midler. And now, if you say that, Mm -hmm. nobody even knows who either of those artists are.
0: (laughs) I'm just picturing Bette Midler. A crowd surfing <laughs> off the rigging, you she know, like anybody would do it.
2: She would. I saw her just a few years ago, and she was like in her seventies, mm-hmm. and she still just just ruined it.
1: Ironically enough, I saw Pearl Jam a few years ago, and Vetter came out in this stunning sequin mermaid
2: outfit, mermaid
0: thing. That, no,
2: wouldn't no. that be amazing?
0: No, he didn't. No, he didn't. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> no.
2: But, but what's cool is that it really just it. I think it set the scene so many years ago for Jared and I to just say, we're not going to ever just be one kind of thing. So we had to stop identifying ourselves by a musical genre because it never made sense. Like people go, like if we say we're rock, then they expect a certain thing or we're folk and they expect, or we're pop. We never are quite the thing. So
1: we very much have it our own thing
2: instead of being like, well, this is our genre. We kind of created this, the idea of glam folk because those like, what are they amalgamation? Is that the right word? Those yeah. kind of like, you know, combination genres are really popular right now, but more than that even is the idea of creating like an actual experience for our audiences to just feel something because with music being in my opinion, a lot of the new music is you've got your artists on stage and they're very like they're very talented, very introspective, very like heartfelt. But a lot of that show is kind of missing from our level. I'm not talking like high like U2 and Pink and Taylor Swift. They've they've got the show down, right? They still care about entertaining.
1: If you're going into, you know, but if you're going into like yeah, so
2: and such and such pizza joint. You're not going to see a lot of artists that give a shit about their audience. And Jared and I have always, we have always cared, you're going to give us two hours of your time. By God, we're going to give
1: you something to remember when you go home. And also, we do all original stuff. Yeah, so that's a we, big issue. One of, the, one of the things that we've started doing, well, we've always done, is in order to get people invested in something they've never heard before, we tell a little story about the song before going into it. So that way, someone they've got something to attach to, something to hang on so that when they're listening to the song, they've got a frame of reference already.
2: Yeah. They're like, oh my God, I've gone through that. I want to hear what the song is that matches that story. And it
1: really makes people pay attention. That's kind of another area where the folk comes in. We really do talk to the crowd a lot and try
0: to relate to them. Troubadours in that way, sort of. I was really fortunate to see Sheryl Crow years ago uh, it was quite a while back, but not when she. it was after she was having the really big albums uh, in, what would it be, the 90s? It was in the early 2000s, I think. And it was a corporate gig. And it was in the Los Angeles area, um, but it was in a small club. And it, it literally was a corporate gig. It's a bunch of suits and stuff. I'm the scruffiest guy that shows up. It was through my wife's work at the time. And the crowd, there was probably, I think, less than 100 people. It was probably more like 50 people. And they're all kind of a business crowd. And she gets up on stage with her band and starts playing. And she played as though she was playing a stadium. She definitely wasn't, oh shit, I'm just here. I'm going to knock this thing out, take the check, and move on. She played like she actually cared about what she was doing and cared about the music and cared about the audience. And that's I was so impressed. It was um, it really made a difference. So that that rings through to me what you're saying there. That's that's really cool. Because we've all been in a place where the band's playing in in the corner of the pub. Depending on how much they engage really depends on how much you engage, right? I mean, right. And that's so true. Yeah.
2: If the band acts like they don't give a shit, then the audience is never going to care ever, you know? And uh, we, especially being in Nashville, when we look around and everybody is really talented and these stages, people are waiting their whole lives to get on these stage. I'm not talking about downtown Nashville. That's a whole, uh, that's a whole different animal, but I'm talking about like just the venues, the singer-songwriter rounds, the the writers' rounds, the places where people are trying so hard to get into, yeah. but then sometimes when they do, it's they just like, "Oh yeah, well, I'm here and it's like, "Oh my gosh, if you don't love doing this, why are you here? Why did you fight so hard to get here? And then now that you are,
3: just taking it for granted almost
2: God, yeah, yeah I don't I, yeah.
3: Some of that I, I can see like being um, like burnout. So uh, that's a good question. Like there's what do you do to keep that energy up? I mean, because there are t- times it's got to be hard. To, heck, I have harder times writing a scene. I can't imagine going, well, shit, I got to get up on stage again tonight. And I feel, you know.
2: Well, we have each other, which is also really helpful. We aren't alone. Yeah. That's a big thing. Like Jared and I are, we are such a unit. We are so, we're like um, probably textbook codependent. Like really, I mean, we probably are. The therapist would be like, hey, "Maybe you should pull apart a little bit here and there." But for 18 years, it's really worked well for us.
0: Yeah, we I was going to say, tell the therapist to get stuffed and right. Do what yeah. I you're doing. Mean,
2: we love we we we've lived in an RV together for three years. Like we yeah, yeah, we right. we haven't spent more than five days apart at one time. So it's just like when I'm low, he's like, "I got you." Come on, let's get through this. Or if he's low, but the other thing, you guys, is that. We believe in the message so much more than just going out and playing music. The message of like, we've got to connect these these ships, man. Like we're all in this together. We never speak politics and we never speak religion on stage ever. It's worthless in my opinion. There are some artists that they feel like that they need to, that's fine. That's their torch and they get to do that. If they feel like that's what they need to use that platform for. What he and I have Especially in the last probably three to five years, really sunk into is the idea that there's a connective tissue that has got to be between all of us, and we got to celebrate that. We have got to. Ce- I mean, our, we always talk about our band name, Champagne Sunday. What is champagne for? To celebrate, not just not just the the big monumental joyous occasions in life, but sometimes the rough patches that are super hard to get through because we can get through them. We can. And just kind of reiterating that to our fans and our audiences and saying, like, look, we he- we feel you. We can be your mouthpiece for heartbreak, for for love, for comedy, for um, hard work. We can sing about that. And then you can take that home and be like, yeah, I'm fired up. Let's be a human being.
0: That's brilliant. I love, that's a great message. And good, God knows we need... Uh more positive messages out there, right? And like you say, connecting us all together. Because somewhere in you know, doesn't matter what you believe in, whether it be politics or religion or whatever.
2: Yeah. What did that lady say? She came up to me. She said, "Horse for us. Yeah. She said, horse "She burlesque. goes, you guys are so liberal, and I am so conservative." She
3: says it like that, right? She was, and she goes she down Alabama. And she goes, "But I, you nailed that Alabama right yeah. there, too." She's like, but
2: "I I love your music." I believe everything you're saying to me. I believe, and I feel I it. Feel yeah. it. And, and I'm just like, well, good. Because then that's it, right? That's the success. Oh, don't you wish you were more successful? Don't you wish you'd made it? Oh man, we hear that all the time. You guys like people apologize. Oh, I'm so sorry. There's only 10 people here. There's only eight people here. There's only 50 people here. There's only a hundred, whatever it is. And they're like, I'm so sorry. You guys, you sh- why haven't you made it? You should have made it by now. What's made it, you know? (laughs) Who (laughs) defines made it? Who says I haven't, man? We broke through to a woman in Alabama who is a total conservative who sat down and watched two Mohawk crazy kind of like folk punk glam human, liberal hippies (laughs) that have played at nudist parks before and have done burlesque. And we connected. To me, how do you make it any more than that? That's rad.
0: That is, that's brilliant. Yeah. And I mean, you're doing what you love, right? I mean, it's uh, like you say, I mean, measuring success, there's, there's a bunch of really, really bad ways of measuring success, but uh, you two seem like you're pretty happy and, uh, and you're, you're doing what you love. You got a roof over your head and you, and you, you know, you got a, a great kid who's following you in your footsteps and stuff like that. Uh, it looks like you've made it to me.
3: Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I'm Am I right.
0: Yeah, That's awesome. <laughs> Let me ask you this. So touching on something we, we talked about earlier, the music and categorizing, it's, it's horrible, right? Categorizing. We have the same issues in, uh, in genres, in writing, of course, because there's uh, lots of, we're in this tropical authors group. So we're sea adventures, but we're sort of thrillers, but we're mysteries and we write some, it's endless, right? And it, it can really be a mess and, and people get the wrong impression. So how has your music evolved? I mean, you've been doing it for, you said, 18 years now together. You've gone through all these experiences. You've had a kid. I was listening to a, a bunch of your stuff on, um, on iTunes over the last couple of days, and the sound has changed. No question about it, right? So what do you feel about uh, what has caused the biggest changes? How have you evolved and what's caused that evolution? I think we've both settled down a lot. We've, we've
1: let down our guard and understood that the other one isn't trying to change the music in a bad way. We're both fighting the same fight mm-hmm. and we just have different ways of working with it. Sometimes her way is better. Sometimes my way is better. And sometimes we both, I think just allowing each other to do what we do. has Yeah. Cal- has been yeah big being calm evolution.
2: within the, within the writing Yeah, Be- and just
1: not being so precious about, well, I, I don't, I don't, this is I don't me. like this, this is this. mine. Yeah. If you're
2: not attacking me as a person. I'm, attack- just- I'm
1: attacking the line. I don't like that. That the line way it there. feels, or, or she doesn't like that chord. It's like, okay, that's fine. Let's let's find let's something. Let's find that-
2: something we can agree on. But I think intrinsically, what has changed is that we have spent many years really seeing who we are not. Yeah. And that I think is such a revelation about who you are. Mm-hmm. And when you can start eliminating who you aren't, then who you are just it is so exposed and so. Raw and beautiful, and you're like, okay, now once you find out, once you just let yourself be like exactly who you are, then it gets really exciting because you're not trying anymore to be anything else other than just what that is. And musically, because we come from lots of different genres, I write whatever mood I'm in. And sometimes that mood comes out sounding very like almost country. Sometimes it comes out sounding like total funk, sometimes full Broadway and he just goes along with it. Okay, so now how do we kind of make this? We don't try to <laughs> change it. It's just okay, this is who it is.
1: This is where it is, right? But
2: now. people will hear us and go, "Oh, you know what you guys should do. You should go to Nashville. You should go to Austin. You should be full country singers." Okay, whatever. Then, "Oh, you should go to New York and just do full Broadway. You should go." And you should change oh your my name. god. We've
1: heard that a lot. You guys
2: too. and for yeah. you st- when you're young in your craft, There is a bit of listening. There are a few artists, in my opinion, that come right out the gate and they're just like, fuck it, I know exactly who I am. But even some of those innovators, like they change and then the world gets angry at them. How dare you change? How dare you? Well, for us, we got lucky because we never got discovered. So we got to grow and evolve and change on our own, in our own way, in our own time, and just kept shedding all of those things that we aren't to like reveal the awesome thing that we are, which yeah. essentially is just madly in love, celebrating life. And those things aren't cool. When you're an artist, when you're a musician <laughs> and you're trying to start, those
0: things aren't cool.
2: No, no it's one wants to. supposed to
0: be heartbreak right? and disaster. Uh, you're supposed disaster to be like grungy. And, yeah. Yeah. You're supposed
2: to be filthy and sad and alone and blah, blah, blah. As a matter of fact, when we started dating, our bassist at the time was like, don't tell anyone that you're dating because that's going to ruin our image. And people are going to wonder, they're not going to wonder anymore, which one can they sleep with and blah, blah. I'm like, ew, I don't want I don't want right. my audience.
1: The more we just kind of started, I think the evolution to answer your question was just a lot of shedding, like she said, who we aren't. That just really came out musically as well. Yeah. Then now we're like, well, does this, is this exactly what we're trying to say? Right.
2: Does this align with who we are? No. And then it's easy to just release it.
0: Yeah. And you have a, I would say with, the, with what I've listened to, you have a very distinct sound at the core of what you do, but your overall sound really moves around and takes into, it uses a lot of different instruments, a lot of different vocal sounds, a lot of different musical sounds. And it's a, uh, and it's really nice, but there's this anchoring core probably from your voice and, and, and the kind of lyrics. And there's something about it that's very similar throughout. You can, as soon as you start listening to it, you can, you can tell it's you guys. It's not like it's just leaping all over the place, regardless of which vocal, who's doing the vocal. But man, it moves around. It does all these different sounds and stuff. It was really cool. A lot of we energy. We don't
2: like to be bored. So we don't want yeah. our audience to be bored. So it's just constant freshness yeah. and fun and... and-
1: She'll come to me. So with the burlesque thing, we, we recently did a, um, a I'm burlesque. so
2: sorry, by the yeah, way. It's all right.
1: We did a burlesque Wizard of Oz. Oh, yeah. And she played the great and powerful wizard. Mm, I did. I hosted the thing <laughs> as Toto, and, uh, which was fun. But he was more like a Brooklyn. Hey, yeah, you, you ain't not going to fucking believe what happened to me last week, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so she her thing is she always sings while she's doing her strips. She said, if we're going to do this, I want to write a song for it. Ooh. So she's like, okay. She had the whole lyric thing mapped out. Like the melody and lyric and already. She, and she, so she came to me with the melody and all of that stuff and just said, okay, now write something burlesque to go with this. Burlesque. Yeah. That. And so we did. We put like a big horn band in there. And oh, drums we did. And oh, so good. Organ and all kinds of crap. And it was just this huge, big huge band. track track and it was
2: like it needs like a sixteen piece orchestra to like if we were gonna play it live it would just Uh cry it's called the great and powerful and it's just this whole woman empowerment just big, big gigantic song.
1: So we did that and it's kinda like, well now we've got that to add into our list of weird things (laughs) that we do too.
0: Place you've been and you said organ in the same sentence as burlesque.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So Right. I'm I like problem. these guys. I'm the problem. Everybody's like, hey, Doug's the problem. No, it's totally me. Right. No,
0: yeah. Can't imagine why we get along. All right. So what's coming up next for you guys? What's, uh, what's down the road? Oh, we just got off a tour, which means we're getting ready to go on another one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: this year we put them a little too close together and we were yeah. gone for seven weeks, which we probably won't do again without our boy. He, was, he stayed home because he had school. But this time we, he gets done with school and we hop on the road. We're going to be gone just one month, which is nice because he turns 10 in August. And so we promised him we'd be home for his birthday month this year because sometimes we are on the road, some of it. And he just he just wants like a normal kid normal. summer.
1: <laughs> but we're going to be hitting um, Utah, South Dakota, Montana, Colorado.
2: Mm-hmm. I think and just I think those four yeah. this, this summer.
1: And any place else that we find along the way,
0: and that's a month. And how many gigs will you do in that thirty-day period?
2: Not too many, Ten I think. Maybe. What do we? Yeah, I think
0: it's a lot of driving. Honestly, <laughs> yeah,
2: these are yeah. a lot. And because the other interesting thing about being independent and booking yourself, and also knowing your worth, which is a big part of it, you guys is you're, you're going to eliminate a lot of a lot of little places to play. So, you know, it's like, oh yeah, come through here. We'll throw you 50 bucks and some beer. I'm like, well, I can't feed my kid with beer and $50 is going to do jack shit for my gas tank. So if you want a quality night of entertainment and a big show and wonderful, a wonderful experience, then you will pay us what we're worth. And so a lot of people are just kind of like, yeah, we can't really do that. Then they see us or hear about us from some other avenue. And then they're like, oh shit, you really are worth that. Like, half the time we go in and when we're on the road, we actually drop our prices a little bit so that we can at least get any gigs, right?
1: We'd rather be playing than not playing.
2: But people, every time they're like, we agree on a price. We get there, we do our show. And they're, I'm not kidding you. Every time they go, oh my God, here's more money. Yeah.
1: That was a deal. <laughs> we're
2: so sorry. We didn't know. Well, and of course they're not going to know because half the time venue owners... They don't have time to do really do their homework and dig into the champagne Sunday thing, or they're not going to watch our live performances and go, Oh my God, we're getting this band." So we have to go. And essentially uh, you asked earlier, what kind of keeps it fresh is because Jared and I have to keep proving ourselves over and over and over again. We get into these new towns, these new places, and we're just like, Oh, here we go again. A whole nother group of people that doesn't get it yet. And that's okay. But that's what kind of keeps it fresh—is that we have to kind of keep starting back from the beginning. We never get that complacent, like "Oh, we're amazing; everybody knows it." It's just like, please love us, because I (laughs) promise you, it's going to be so much fun.
0: It's it's worth it. It's worth it. So if you're in uh, if you're in those states, you have to be at a certain altitude to see them in the next month or so. Then uh, catch there too.
2: Good. Please check ChampagneSunday.com. It's got all of our dates on it. Yeah,
0: great. We're gonna we're gonna put all that in the show notes. Yeah, great.
3: So as we wrap up, we have one final thing that we do here, and we uh we have a fantastic little wheel. It's our wheel of questions. Don't get so,
0: too excited. You're not gonna yeah. win anything.
2: Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I have one. I have one, everything.
3: <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> but anyway, uh we like to spin the wheel. It has a sound effect, so it's always <laughs> the best part. Well, if it didn't hit my mic, let me try that again. <laughs> <laughs> that, was a,
0: that was a different sound effect.
3: So this one is our question for you is what is your favorite word?
0: Mine I actually really like the word Borealis. Oh, well, you uh hang on. Isn't that the dog's name? No, no that's, that's our the, burlesque, burlesque, our burlesque name. name. Oh, yeah, burlesque yeah. name. What was the dog's name again? Because that was really good. You told me
2: Clementine Fandango. Yeah.
0: I mean, come on. How about that for a name? But Borealis is a pretty cool word. I like that word. You go.
2: My favorite word is rad.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: because my other favorite word is not appropriate. So, yeah. Yeah, my favorite surprised. word is
0: rad. <laughs> I was really surprised that then we, we didn't get out the bleep machine for, well, we don't use a bleep machine, Sonic, you anything, know, but. So. Yeah, that's true. Know.
2: Yeah. Right. But, uh, well, but I was then, surprised. You know. No, I think rad is a great word. I use it for a lot of things. And I was born and raised in Southern California. And even though I'm a grown woman and I'm a lady and stuff, I go in and I'm just talking to people that are very well put together. And I'm like, you're rad. And then they just kind of go, I am rad. And it just, kind of <laughs> it, it, it takes it from like, oh, I have had a very enjoyable time meeting you. I can be all put together. I can be prim and proper. But when I just throw out a little rad here and there, people go, I know what I'm dealing with now. <laughs> well, <that's, laughs> the authenticity kind of comes through.
0: I arrived in America in Southern California in the late eighties. So I I got your rad. Yeah, <laughs> plenty of rad going around Then Rad yeah. and gnarly.
2: <laughs> yeah, I
3: love it. That's awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on. It's been a this blast. has
0: been brilliant. So, yeah. yeah thank you it, you great. Awesome. Thank you. And good luck with the tour and uh everyone, uh, champagne Sunday.com, right?
1: Yes. yes.
0: Yeah. And we do, do check have out.
1: A, a live show. A live show if you go to the website, you can watch a full we did a you know multiple camera angles and all this cool stuff. Looks we look like rock stars up there.
3: We look <laughs> like rock
1: stars. <laughs> only
0: because you are.
3: We'll put that in the show notes so that uh everybody uh, if you want to watch uh Champagne Sunday, you can probably follow the show notes and we'll have those cool. in there. Yeah, thank, thank you guys, you guys. and thank good you, luck. thank you so much. All right, thank you for listening everyone. It was a great show.
0: Champagne Sunday. Champagne. <laughs>
3: Champagne, Champagne Sunday. Uh, they were they were they were fabulous. That's awesome. They're who? What a
0: neat couple! And uh, you know, I mean, they, they've been together for such a long time and in such a pressure cooker environment. When you think about it, you know, because I mean, it's a tough way of making a living doing what they're doing, right? And they've reached a certain level where they're they are they're, they're making a living at what they're doing. But can you imagine h- how many gigs they've played and how many hours they've worked to do that? And oh, absolutely! And they have a great relationship and uh, very positive. Yeah, yeah, super. All right. Remember, guys, subscribe to the show if you please would and um, please would. Is that a term? I think I just broke out of English there. Anyway, it's uh, <laughs> a five-star review. <laughs>
3: I fell out of English. You just fell down. It's a terrible. So Fell off the horse. Uh, well, well, check out our show notes, too, because we'll be having all the links and everything in, in there for uh, Champagne Sunday, uh, including their live link. I think we'll get that in there and anywhere you can listen to their music. Uh, and definitely go check it out because uh, they're they're great to listen to. It's really good sound. So
0: Yeah, a lot of fun. Really cool. Um, support the show by buying books or gifting books to somebody you like or don't like. We don't mind.
3: Yeah, and, just buy uh, our books. Huh? Yeah,
0: just buy our books, damn it.
3: Get out there. I mean, Missing in the Keys is coming out in August. So get out there and pre-order it now while it's on sale.
0: You better, because uh, and then we better finish writing
3: it. Yeah, yeah. It will give us a little boost. Oh, and next week, <laughs> next week we have uh, the esteemed Nick Sullivan, our other Nick, who's who? a uh, Nick heard of him. Sullivan. Never heard of him? No, he's a uh, he's co-writing with you on Faceless, in case you didn't know. So, oh, that guy, that, that Nick Sullivan. Yes, no, yeah. Also, actor. He's been in like he's been in a ton of stuff. He's been in, He's been on
0: stage uh, and he's been I saw in him he on was Law like, and
3: Order once. Yeah,
0: he, yeah, he's been on Law and Order. I think he'll have to tell us how many episodes, but he's been in loads of them. There's lots of different characters he showed
3: up. So he's also, he, he narrates a lot of books. He, he, does, uh, he does, and he writes his own books. I don't know how he has time to do any of this. So, um, but yeah, he, writes, he does a lot of that and runs the Tropical Author uh, website. So, again, check out tropicalauthors.com. Until then, guys, be cool to each other. And fair winds and following seas. You've been listening to the Two Authors Chat Show with Nicholas Harvey and Douglas Pratt.